Let us worship with thanksgiving and praise.
Take your hymnal and turn to number 117. And let us stand as we sing together. O God, our help in ages past. Responsibly, Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go forth weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Moments and time, any time we hear scripture read, 
reading from the Old Testament, the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 21 through 27. Don't, don't fear, fertile land. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord is about to do great things. Don't be afraid, animals of the field, for the meadows of the wilderness will turn green. The trees will bear its fruit, the fig tree and grapevine will give their full yield. Children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God, because he will give you the early rain as a sign of righteousness. He will pour down abundant rain for you, the early and the late rain, as before. The threshing floor will be full of grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. I will repay you for the years that the cutting locust, the swarming locust, the hopping locust, and the devouring locust have eaten my great army which I sent against you. You will eat abundantly and be satisfied, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has done wonders for you. And my people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God. No other exists. Never again will my people be put to shame. The word of God for the people of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Are there concerns that we bring with us today? Obvious, obvious concerns in the news, the fires, uh, the many people who are victims of that and uh, the danger that it continues to bear for people of California. Uh, we bring to God all the troubles in our own lives and in the life of this planet, this earth, this world. But uh, we, we also come with thanksgiving and praise. Let us join our hearts and bow together. You are wonderful, God. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're more than we can comprehend. And your wonders never cease. We thank you for blessings of family and friends, for work and uh, occupations that have provided for our families, and opportunities for mission and, and work that helps other people to have better lives. We thank you for your church and all that is being done in local communities like our own and in other places around the world to make your love known as real as it was in Jesus himself as your people, your church, the body of Christ share their blessings with people whose needs are so great that none of us could do anything for them alone. But together with your spirit, with the resources of your abundant grace, we can be a help. We can share the good news. We can bring joy and laughter to people who are sad and crying. Now, we know that not all problems are, are easy to solve, 
even with resources and even with our, our best mind. We ask you to work through our world leaders and through all of those who educate and those who train and those who are responsible in whatever way for others and to others. Be with those who fight the fires in California and who respond to disasters of various kinds around the world. Be with those who stand ready at any moment to uh, go to the hospital or to go to the home of another and to intervene and to give care. As, as we give thanks in this holiday season, let us remember that your love greatly outweighs the evils of this world if we will only express it and share it. Let us remember that any violence of this world be healed with your peace and your justice. If people will be faithful and true and help us to follow in the steps of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ, the same one who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. At the time of Thanksgiving, more than uh, a lot of other times, we think of all that God has given and done for us. And uh, on each Sunday, we offer our gifts. And uh, may we be as eager to do as God has been to do for us. Number 419, I am thine, O Lord. Let us sing together. of scripture from 1st Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 
First of all, then, I ask that requests, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Pray for kings and everyone who is in authority so that we can live a quiet and peaceful life in complete godliness and dignity. That is right, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. There is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the human Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a payment to set all people free. This was a testimony that was given at the right time. I was appointed to be a preacher and apostle of this testimony. I'm telling the truth, and I'm not lying. I'm a teacher of, of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin or spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon, in all his splendor, wasn't dressed like one of these. God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace. Won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The word of God for the people of God. Most of us probably know the, the sweet little song, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you alleluia alleluia there's more to it than that but that's enough to remember and uh jesus urges us to remember the gospel seems to be talking about worry anybody here worry about anything uh anybody here ever worry needlessly did your, uh, did your worry ever accomplish anything for you? I was really surprised the other day when they told me that, you know, my lung problem might not be so bad, 
There for a few days, I, I declare, I was lighter on my feet, and I just felt better. Of course, then they come back and say, well, it could be worse. I, I don't see any sense in worrying about it. It is what it is. I just hope they'll get me into Vanderbilt in good time so they can uh, do something about it. You know, life is never entirely one way and not another. Even in the happiest times, there can be sadness. You know, you're, you're enjoying a birthday party, and then you think, well, why isn't my sister here? Or you're enjoying a family fellowship time, and you think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if the grandparents were still around? Sometimes you're enjoying things, and you get a call right in the middle of it, reminding you that something's happened. Something's gone wrong. You're needed. It's an emergency. Um, other times, you're in the thick of it. And lo and behold, there's a child there who says something and it just brightens up the whole day, the whole room. You know, it doesn't always happen this way, but when, uh, when we were expecting our first child, when Annie was about yeah, eight and a half months along in her mother's womb, I was in the hospital in a waiting room with family whose loved one was dying. And uh, we were waiting. Any minute, it could happen. And I thought, isn't this something? How uh, really in, in life, you know, there, there's this, this mixture, there's the excitement of waiting for a birth, and then there's the, the downer of waiting for a death. I'll tell you, we need to remember things like that when uh, we're criticizing other people or we're, uh, we're feeling so down and, you know, we just wish we could blame somebody, but there's always that hint, it might be my fault. Uh, we need to remember that it's not all that bad. Now, it's not quite as, uh, I, I won't encourage you quite as much to remember when you're really having a good time <laughs> to think about the bad things. But, you know, they're not that far away. And we come to Thanksgiving. Now, uh, in the Old Testament, Prophet Joel we bring him out of the closet about three times a year. And once it's in Advent, another time I think it's in Holy Week. And then we've got him right here on the Sunday for Thanksgiving. And Joel is saying, you know, that God's message is, I'm, I'm coming on. I'm going to bring, bring another spring to the land. I'm going to bring another crop. I'm going to feed the animals. There will be plenty of food. And uh, you people who... Uh, who I've just punished should know that uh, these 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 fields that the locusts destroyed will will grow again and they'll be replenished. Joel encourages the people to be faithful. You know, it's 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 a both and. There's been there's been trouble. There's but there's the promise. In the middle of promise, there there's going to be a warning, and uh, God is constant. God is a present reality. Whatever we're going through, God is there. 
And uh, the prophet Joel, other prophets of the Old Testament remind us of that. God takes notice. Now, according to the, the Old Testament prophets, sometimes the trouble is God's punishing us for our past sins. Of course, we get that confused because sometimes we feel like we're being punished for our parents or our grandparents' sins or maybe for our children or our grandchildren's sins. So every now and then a prophet will step up and say, well, now, God's only going to punish us for what we do or what we fail to do. But still, sin affects multiple generations. There's no way around it. Prophets, in Joel especially, reminds us that in the midst of destruction, there's the promise of restoration. Now, the, uh, the writer... And well, Paul, we, we consider the writer to uh, to Timothy, and uh, he's saying now, you know, you know, you gotta you gotta be praying not just for not just for your own family, not for your own kin, but pray for everybody. And of course, if it's being written today, it'd be pray for your president, your vice president, your governor, whoever he or she may be. Your legislatures, yeah, pray for your pastor, whether you like him or not. Pray for your superintendent, no matter how ornery he is. Pray for all people. And, of course, we, uh, we may want to stop sometimes and question, how do I pray for my enemies? Well, we might turn to that passage, you know. Yeah, pray for them, and uh, God will heap burning coals on their head. Yeah, God, punish them good. But uh, maybe we ought to be praying something different, like show them your truth. Teach them what you have taught us. And then you remember, well, am I that easily understood? Do people really know what I'm about? Am I really sure of myself? Oh, now we get into preaching. Now we get into, you know, what do you know? What do I know? I don't know what you know. You may not know what I know. We probably know some things the same, but uh, there's, there's a song said, it's a world of confusion. As we come into Thanksgiving, I think it's a good time to uh, realize that uh, we can give eternal thanks. This can be understood several ways. It means we we correct the mistake one uh, one scholar has said, that we, we tend to forget the the first couple of chapters and the last couple of chapters of the Bible while we're studying in between because we forget that God is the creator of all things and in the end all things are God's. All things always throughout the Bible and throughout time belong to God. I don't know that God's in charge of every moment. I, you know, I still have to make decisions and sometimes I want God to make them for me. If I wait long enough, the circumstances will decide it for me. But is that God's doing, or did I make a decision just to not decide and let things happen? I, You know, let's admit it gets confusing sometimes. God is God, and God alone is God. And God has created this world, promises that God will renew, God will restore, and eventually the only thing left will be God's kingdom. God's world. 
I don't know how or when it'll happen, but I trust that it will. You know, it's hard sometimes to give thanks for things in the past, even when they're in the present. Somebody's always wanted me to be thankful for diabetes. I'm not, well, I am thankful for diabetes in a way. If I hadn't been a diabetic, I figure I probably would have been, because I'd have been a red-blooded young boy wanting to join the Marines and be in the fiercest part of the battle. Of course, if I hadn't been a diabetic and still had sleep apnea, you can bet my snoring in the jungles of Vietnam would have alerted the enemy and made a shot me for sure. It, it's hard to be thankful for a disease, but I can be thankful that there's insulin and there are glucometers, and who am I to complain? I've lived with it for about 58 years now. And we've all got something like that. We've all got something in our nature, something in our life, something in our history, something in our circumstances that just defies our really being thankful for it. Because it shouldn't be, or uh, we sure wish it weren't. But here we are. Now, how can we be thankful in the circumstances? One way is to give eternal thanks. In the beginning, God created and in all of life, these things, these things just carry on. And we don't choose when and where to be born. We don't choose our family, or at least not our parents. Parents sometimes choose the child, the adoption. And uh, I chose a grandbaby uh, that's not mine, but I claim her just because she doesn't have any other grandparents. And I see my daughter taking care of her, and I needed one to go with the four boys, you know. But uh, sometimes we do claim our family, but we don't choose when and where to be born, for sure. I've often wondered, you know, how does the life of Tom Reed, born into a Christian home in East Tennessee in 1951, taught to go to Sunday school, read the Bible, trust God, love Jesus, and love others, compare to a young fellow born May 23rd, 1951, some other world, some other country of this world and taught to read the Koran or taught to read scriptures of, of some other faith and taken to synagogue or mosque grow, growing up in another faith. How, how do those things compare? I hope God will explain it to me someday. When Paul says, Timothy, pray for everybody, he means everybody. There's just a lot of things that we will never understand. But God's love is eternal. <clears throat> Blow your mind. But here we are, a moment in time. Here we are. And some of us would ask, how can I give thanks? With this or that, with one thing or another hanging on. How could that person be thankful in the situation they're in? How can we be thankful when life is as it is? Well, because life is. And it's God's gift. We're not living in the worst place or the worst time. By far, we still enjoy the beauty of creation and the wonders of our own science and construction. And sometimes it makes us forget that there is a God who made us all and who loves us all and who uh, is with us, each one and every one, in a very personal way. Now, sometimes I cry at night just for sheer loneliness. But other times 
I cry in the morning out of sheer joy and thanksgiving for all the things with which God has blessed me. And I don't think I can ever say thank you enough. I, I guess that's one of, my, one of my biggest life frustrations. I can't tell you how much I enjoy the choir, Carolyn, and you're directing it. I, I can't tell you how much you mean to me. And uh, I don't know everybody in here the same, but uh, life, relationships, experiences, you know, whether we're living by the clock or fully aware of God's Kairos moments. We have reason always and everywhere to be God, we give you our thanks. We give you our praise. We give you our hearts. We give you our problems, our questions, our concerns, our worries, our fears. And we rise up thankful that you receive us just as we are. And you share with us your great love of Jesus, your great power of Holy Spirit, that we may live faithfully each day of our lives. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.